2: You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. From the
0: studios of 97.1, the sports animal in Tulsa, Oklahoma, I am your gracious and humble host, Eric G., welcoming you to another episode of the Locked On Thunder podcast. Coming up on this episode, we'll do our player capsule of Dennis Schroeder, and I'll tell you exactly how many roles. He could play for the Oklahoma City Thunder this year. Also, Scottie Pippen yesterday on the jump talked about how Russell Westbrook should concede to James Harden and that James Harden should be the Rockets' clutch player this year. That made me chuckle. I'll tell you why it made me chuckle. And we'll also look and tell you whether or not Scottie is right about James Harden taking the last shot versus Russell Westbrook taking the last shot. And finally, we'll wrap up today talking about the NFL's NBA problem with players now starting to demand trades. And I'll tell you why it's not so easy to look at this in black and white terms and what exactly people have wrong about what NFL players are doing and how the NFL goes about their business versus the association. My name's Eric G. I'm Pat Jones, co-host here on 97.1 The Sports Animal in Tulsa, Oklahoma, check us out every day from 11 to 2, either on our app, which is available on the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store, um, and you can also get that show podcast. I'm also the editor-in-chief of Thunder Maven. You can find that content at basketballmaven.io thunder. That is a Sports Illustrated channel dedicated to covering all things Thunder, including opinions, analysis, and the latest stories. Jumping into our content today, we are doing player capsules on just about every single one of these podcasts leaning up to the season. And today we focus in on Dennis Schroeder, who has an opportunity to play a major role for the Oklahoma City Thunder this year. Now, if you're scratching your head wondering exactly how that is going to happen, first of all, let's define what Dennis Schroeder is. And at the moment, He is either the third point guard on this team or the second point guard on this team, depending on who's playing where, and he's likely either the third or the second two guard on this team, and it really comes down to what the Thunder are going to do with Chris Paul and Shea Gilgis-Alexander that will ultimately define what Dennis Schroeder's role is as the season goes along, and the best way to describe it is like we describe everything else with the Thunder Fluid. That's what Dennis, Dennis Schroeder's role will be this year. Fluid. Now, when the Thunder got him in the Carmelo Anthony trade and and, and was able to get Carmelo Anthony's salary off the books and then take on Dennis Schroeder's salary, which was $15 million, or about half of what Carmelo Anthony's was, my original thought on Dennis Schroeder is that you were getting him to trade him. And I had no idea that this guy would come to Oklahoma City and have the tremendous season that he did where you saw his three-point shooting percentage go up, you saw his overall scoring go up, even if his shooting percentage went down and he wasn't necessarily getting the minutes that he was as a starter when he was starting in Atlanta He's still a guy that came out and contributed on the team, and probably the biggest contribution that Dennis Schroeder made to Oklahoma City is during those games where Russell Westbrook was on the shelf, Schroeder stepped in and played tremendously as a starting point guard, and there were several of you and myself included on this. When we would talk, we would say, man, it seems like the offense is flowing a lot better with Dennis Schroeder than it is Russell Westbrook. He looks for Paul first versus Russell Westbrook going out and looking to score first. And that's not a wrong opinion. I mean, even if you were to look at Russell Westbrook's assist ratio and his assist numbers compared to Dennis Schroeder's, you have to remember that a lot of times with Russ, those triple-doubles that he would get would be very orchestrated where Russ would come out and do exactly what he needed to get the triple-double versus letting it happen throughout the natural flow of the game. He was going to force assist. He was going to go after rebounds a little bit more aggressively. If he needed to get a certain amount uh, in, in a particular t- time in a game or on a particular night, scoring, you know how the drill goes. When it comes to this year, if we assume that Shea Gilgis-Alexander is going to start at the 2 and Chris Paul is going to be your point guard, then logic would dictate that when Gilgis Alexander or when Chris Paul goes to the bench, that Schroeder would come in and play the one, and then you would possibly maybe keep Shea Gilgis Alexander at the two, or you would bring Diallo to come in at the two. But here's where that gets a little tricky. Because if you're Billy Donovan, or more importantly, if you're Sam Presti, and you're looking to develop Shea Gilgis Alexander as your future point guard then when I take Chris Paul off the floor, considering that Shea Gilgis-Alexander is a very young player, I'm going to slide him into the one as often as I can because I want him to get as many minutes as possible running that position if he is our future point guard. So what does that do for Dennis Schroeder? Well, as we saw last year, Schroeder's versatile enough to come in and play the two, and I think Schroeder would be just fine taking on that role as long as Chris Paul is on the team, which is constantly a topic of conversation, which also means that it's up in the air and you never know when Chris Paul might be traded. Also, you could, and I say could, possibly see Dennis Schroeder start at point guard some this year if Chris Paul was to have his minutes managed, if the Thunder got into a load management situation, if they started to buy into that and Chris Paul was resting on the second night of back-to-backs, or if you were looking at a 3-4 and situation and you were going to sit Chris Paul for any amount of time, you might start Dennis Schroeder at the 1, keep Shea Gilgis-Alexander at the 2 to get the game going because he is is in that role, he's comfortable in that role, and the Thunder has certainly shown that throughout their history when guys are comfortable doing certain things – They don't want to take them out of that comfort zone. So maybe there is an opportunity for Schroeder to start those nights at point guard, keep Shea Gilgis-Alexander at two, and when Schroeder goes to the bench, then you switch Gilgis-Alexander to the one and bring Hamadou Diallo in for the two. I would imagine, just just looking at it, um, Shea Gilgis-Alexander's minutes in any given night would probably be around 40-42. Uh, it's hard for me to imagine them being any less with as young as he is and the Thunder really needing to find out if this guy is a leader. The other thing with Dennis Schroeder, we talked so much about trading Chris Paul. I wonder if we know that Dennis Schroeder's name came up during trade talks earlier this summer. We know that he was a guy that was that the Thunder had offered up, that the Thunder wanted to get off the books, because of the luxury tax situation, and because of his salary. And are you going to be in position, if you're Sam Presti, to get a better offer for Dennis Schroeder, who is quite a bit younger than Chris Paul, who's proven he can run a team and be a starter, and the money is more than half or less than half of what Chris Paul is making. So if you're the funder, this might be a guy you could trot out there As the early season goes along, you could show everyone that not only is he a good soldier and is willing to do any role that he's taken on, but he's healthy, and he's playing, and he's contributing, so if you won't trade us for Chris Paul and you're in desperate need of a point guard, why not take the younger guy that's going to cost you less money, and in return, all the Thunder want is a draft pick. Can you give us draft pick? Can you give us a younger asset that we can possibly use at another position. So don't be surprised if that happens to Dennis Schroder as the season goes along. If Dennis Schroder sticks around, and also if, let's just say, Danilo Gallinari sticks around, we've seen the Thunder last year. We saw them several times, especially late in the season, go with a small lineup that included three guards. I would love, absolutely love to see certain lineups or certain rotations that featured Chris Paul, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, and Dennis Schroeder on the floor where if you wanted to keep Danilo Gallinari at the four at that time, I'm fine. And then maybe you bring a guy in like Darius Baisley if he's developed enough or Mike Muscala and put them at the five and go with a small lineup – that can score. Now, you might be giving up a little on defense on that, and I would say for Dennis Schroeder, you need to see his defense get a little bit better this year. But that's a lineup that I would love to see at some point this season. And if I'm Billy Donovan, i do that sooner rather than later because if you've got all three of those guys on the floor, let's put the fourth one out there. And as I told you in our latest play, player capsule with Darius Baisley, that's a guy that can possibly shoot the three. You've now got four guys on the floor that can actually give you a little bit of range, four guys on the floor that everybody's got to account for. It's going to be hard to help and recover. You sure couldn't double-team that lineup. And if the Thunder really are serious about making the playoffs, that could possibly be your death lineup. If these guys can play a little bit of defense. So as I start talking about this, I get excited about it Yeah, we probably won't see it happen, but maybe we will. And I have to think that Billy Donovan and both Sam Presti have thought of that long before I did. This is the locked on thunder podcast. I am Eric G coming up next year on the locked on thunder podcast. Who should be taking that last second shot in Houston this season? Should it be our beloved Russell Westbrook or should it be James Harden? We'll tell you coming up next. And just remember, Mack Weldon is better than what you are wearing right now. I know because I have been to the website. Check him out today at MackWeldon.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON and get 20% off your first order. That's MackWeldon.com. Thank you for listening to the Locked On Thunder Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Eric G. We say your team every day. Again, we are doing three days a week up until the point um, that training camp starts, which is on the 28th. So now less than 10 days away as Thunder training camp gets set to start. And when that happens, we'll go back to five days a week, even if we have to skip Friday, We'll come back either on Saturday or Sunday to make sure that you get all the episodes you deserve of the Locked on Thunder podcast. So a complete barbershop moment for me uh, today, right before I went on the air, I wanted to watch yesterday's episode of The Jump on ESPN+. And the topic of Russell Westbrook, James Harden comes up. And Scottie Pippen, remember, six-time NBA champ, Hall of Famer, one of the 50 greatest players to have ever played in the NBA, makes a comment that essentially says that Russell Westbrook will concede to James Harden when it comes to taking that last-second shot. Now, prior to that, and I'll give Scotty some credit, he spent about 30 seconds saying how James Harden needed to understand that Russell Westbrook had been the guy in Oklahoma City, and even though Houston was his town, He needed to accept that Russell Westbrook was coming in. He's the point guard. He needed to let Russell Westbrook run the team. And essentially, as a result, Russell Westbrook would then give James Harden the last second shot. And I chuckled. I chuckled. It was a total barbershop moment for me because the first thing I wanted to say to Scottie Pippen after hearing that is, Dude, have you not watched Russell Westbrook over the last three years? Do you not understand that when there is a shot to be taken, whether it's overtime, whether it's the last 30 seconds of the game, whatever it is to put the thunder ahead, Russell Westbrook was going to put the weight of the world on his shoulders and he was going to take that shot, even if it was to the detriment of the team and certainly to the health of the fans. Because that is exactly who Russell Westbrook is. And if you're expecting Russell Westbrook to change, Between now and the beginning of this season or now and the end of this season, you are absolutely nuts. And the James Harden that Russell Westbrook knew when James Harden was in Oklahoma City, that dude is long gone. That dude was gone once Kevin Durant left the building and went to Golden State and Russell Westbrook became the unquestioned face of the Oklahoma City Thunder that guy not only wants the ball, he has the stones to take the shot, and most importantly, Russell Westbrook has a closer's mentality, which means if he misses the shot, he's just going to come back and take it the next day. It never really affects him. Actually, what affects Russ is when he takes that last second shot, we criticize him for it, and then he wants to come back and prove us wrong. That that's Russell Westbrook, and that hasn't changed. But where James or where Scottie Pippen? is right about James Harden. And you pull up NBA minor, uh, which is a pretty good side as far as going into advanced stats for the NBA. And when you go to clutch time, which is during the fourth quarter or overtime or with less than five minutes left remaining and neither team ahead by more than five points, and you start to look at James Harden's clutch numbers versus Russell Westbrook's clutch numbers, It's pretty damning. I mean, and without going into number-by-number situation, let's just put it this way. In that scenario, James Harden, number one in the NBA. Russell Westbrook, number eight in the NBA. Incidentally, Paul George, whom we all thought might not be a clutch player and certainly didn't have great clutch stats when he came to Oklahoma City, has vaulted up to number six, um, I, and I don't say this to make your make your stomach curdle, but Kawhi Leonard is number four. Um, and well, and we can get into some of the other guys a, li- a little bit later because um, it certainly does have some things to to affect the Western Conference. But by the numbers, Scottie Pippen is right. Russell Westbrook needs to give that ball to James Harden in the clutch. He needs to let him take some shots. And here is the way that that has to play out. First and foremost, James Harden is going to have to be the guy to go, okay, when Mike D'Antoni is drawing a play, coming up out of that timeout, and you're looking at maybe four or five seconds left to go on the clock, Houston has it down by one, needing a shot. There is going to have to be a couple of times this year where, in a cinch, Houston is going to have to sacrifice games and let Russell Westbrook take the shot. And when Russell Westbrook misses those shots, misses a couple of those shots, and it costs Houston a couple of games, and what is going to be a very tight Western Conference where every night you're not fighting just for playoff positioning, but you're fighting to get into the playoffs, period, then James Harden and Mike D'Antoni will have a better case to go to Daryl Morey, ownership at the Houston Rockets, and say, hey, how do we get it through to Russ? that James is the guy that needs to be taking the shot and after Russ misses a couple of times maybe he gives it up to James James hits the winner and then Russ becomes more comfortable in those situations i want to believe as Russell Westbrook gets older he's a guy that can put his team before he puts himself and i'm not saying that Russ has always done that i don't necessarily i don't necessarily believe that it's been Russ first team second i don't think that's necessarily how Russ operates but I think a lot of the ways that Russ tries to help the team also becomes a little bit self-serving. Okay, it becomes a lot self-serving, like especially with the triple-doubles and you're talking about the 20, 20 20 night. All these things that make him look great sometimes is to the detriment of the team because either the team falters in those situations or you just get a lot of guys who are ticked off because, hey, we got to make room for Russ to rebound. Or hey, we got to let Russ get his ten points here while the rest of us suffer, and then when Russ is ready to give us our our assists, we got to be ready to score. Russ is going to pass it to us first when he should be taking the shot, trying to rack up his assist. I mean, all of that in a way, in, in Russ's own weird way, is done to help the team, but we've seen it we've seen it in times make the team regress, and, and can Russ understand that enough? when he's with Houston, to put that sort of stuff on the back burner and help them go win a championship. And the the answer to that is, I don't know, which is what makes Houston one of the most fascinating teams to watch this upcoming NBA season. Coming up next, what everybody's getting wrong When they say the NFL has an NBA problem, we'll tell you right here on the Locked on Thunder podcast. This Locked on podcast is brought to
1: you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience. And without robbing you of the joy, Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free desserts.
0: We're wrapping things up here on the Locked on Thunder podcast. I'm Eric G. We're going to try and crank another episode out tomorrow. Uh, we'll try and get the third episode out tomorrow because usually we're not able to do it on Friday. If we don't get it out tomorrow, uh, look for that in your inbox on Saturday. But I promise between now and Saturday, we will have another episode of the Locked on Thunder podcast. Let's talk about what everybody's getting wrong right now. And that is this whole idea of the NBA having an NFL or excuse me, the NFL having an NBA problem. All right. All right. Steve Young upset about the fact that guys like Jalen Ramsey are requesting a trade out of Jacksonville, or Taco Charlton wants his outright release from Dallas, or you've got this situation where Mekina Fitzpatrick um, requested and got a trade from the Dolphins because they're tanking this season and he doesn't want his career and his life being put in peril. All right? This isn't, this isn't an NBA problem. And the NFL doesn't have an NBA problem. The NFL has a problem with the way that it treats its players overall. And their players are just now realizing what NBA players realize, which is, one, um, hey, we need guaranteed contracts, and two, if I'm going to put my life in danger, then you better live up to your end of the bargain because our careers are much shorter than those of people in the NBA, and our lifespans are a lot shorter than the average person walking around. No. No. This is just the whole idea of how these two leagues have gone about doing their business, and NFL players right now are demanding a change. The NFL has a humanitarian problem, not an NBA problem, and let me explain. First and foremost, both the NBA and the NFL want you loyal to brands, but here's the difference. The NBA doesn't care if you're loyal to the LeBron James brand or why not or whether it's Jordan brand or Nike or New Balance or Adidas or the NBA or the Thunder, they don't care. The NBA just flat out doesn't care. Anything you are loyal to, any brand, anyone that, that falls into that category, that promotes their product, that promotes their players, that draws your eyeballs to your television sets, to your smartphones, to your computers, put your ears on radios, makes you go into a shop to buy a jersey They're fine with it. They don't care. They don't care what you're loyal to as long as you're loyal to something that just encompasses the association where the NFL wants you to be loyal to one of two things, your team logo and the shield, because it's not about the individual. It really is about the shield and it's about the team logo and it's about players being indispensable. Don't believe me? Just take a look at how many guys get cut in in the last week of training camp. Look at what the New England Patriots do in order to win Super Bowls, how quickly they will discard guys. Look at how the contracts are written that allow these teams to get out from paying these salaries when a guy is no longer of use to them. Where the NBA, on the other hand, and maybe it's just simply because the NBA union is better than the NFL union or NBA owners give a damn more than NFL owners, although I wouldn't go go too far into thinking that, they actually take care of the individual. We'll give you guaranteed money. Um, You're playing a sport where, yes, your body's going to get beat up, but your mind's not going to get beat up. And this isn't about the NBA. This is about the NFL doing bad business for a hundred years. The NFL now has done bad business where the NBA doesn't, and it's a simple fact of the matter that that athletes that can, athletes that are good enough between basketball and football, I would think now are leaning harder towards basketball. If you're good enough to play both at that high level. You're going to lean to play basketball just because you know it won't take the toll on your body that that NFL will. But don't blame NBA players for being smart. Don't blame NBA players for understanding that the organizations use them up and that your career is only so long. And if you want certain things in your career— you may need to get traded in order to get there and let me give you the list of what players want real quick before I get off today one they want to con- they want to win but they want to contribute to that winning they don't necess- they don't want to just be on the bench which is something Carmelo Anthony does two uh, they want to be treated well they want to like the organization and they want to make money. You can give them all three of that, they're happy. You can give them two out of three of that, they're most likely happy. And as an added bonus, if they like the place they live, then that's great. NFL players want that too, want those same things. It just seems that the association is able to provide it a lot more than the league. This wraps up the the Locked on Thunder podcast. I'm Eric G. Thank you for joining us today. We'll be back on Thursday or Saturday. We'll try and crank one out tomorrow. If not, we'll be back on Saturday. And until then, may God bless you and your family. Everybody love everybody. Peace, love, and thunder You are
2: Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. A Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.